Heard at Sports Radio every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. On Thursday's show, we'll have staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman. We'll talk the odds with our Vegas insider, Brian Edwards. Catch it up with senior writer for Huskers 24-7, Michael Brunts, and Nebraska women's basketball head coach, Amy Williams. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Damon Benning. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Friday's here. It's a road show here at the Herdant Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. Chris Schmidt up here. Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal. Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark back in studio. Big football game. Elijah will have that locally on the airways as we gear up for a uh, pretty awesome weekend of college football and, yes, college volleyball. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. Can dial up or 800-825-5865. Where is Hurt at Sports Bar and Grill? Have you not been here? Well, we're not going to shame anybody. We're not going to suspend anybody with pay like we're Michigan. Uh, we're just going to invite you on down here to La Vista. Hurt at Sports Bar and Grill. We're here till 6, but you can have some bang-bang sauce, some of the uh, the shrimp, uh, some of the, uh, the the corn nuggets that Elijah has sampled. Uh, the pizza's wonderful. We just destroyed wings ahead of kickoff uh, for Nebraska, Illinois, when we were up here last for the watch party. 12744 West Parkway in La Vista, right between Cabela's, right between the Embassy Suites, right when you're getting off uh, the interstate here in La Vista. Heard at Sports Bar and Grill. We invite you out. We're here every home football Friday, so come on down today or uh, next week for Purdue. Uh, we'll check in with Jacob Padilla. He's coming up here in about 15 minutes. Full volleyball preview for Nebraska and Wisconsin. Some football thoughts. Elijah, I know you're pretty geeked up to see East and Gretna tonight. Uh, Jacob will be uh, doing the tour as well uh, with the high school scene. Uh, we'll dive in with Bill Dolman in hour two. Get his take on Nebraska, Northwestern, and Husker Volleyball. And then the uh, infamous Clausburn, he's imaginary, he wears red. The Friday forecast is going on at 540. Some games will pick. I think my, my record's probably around 500. I don't know. We'll have to do better math there to, uh, to keep count. Can watch the show, as always, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter. Give that a, f- a follow at HVarsity Radio. Walter's been waiting patiently. Uh, a minute before and says, well, we're waiting. Uh, wait no longer. We are up and going, and you're free to chat away here in the stream yard. Elijah, how you feeling, man? Ready for the weekend? You, you good? Uh, it's a loaded question because I, so no. <laughs> I started Calvin Ridley in fantasy football this week. I just traded for him a couple weeks ago. So that's your big concern this weekend. It's not how much whiskey I have or do I overeat or – 
do I wake up on time? It's who am I starting in fantasy? Well, no, all those other things are guaranteed. Like, I'm going to overeat. I'm going to drink too much whiskey this weekend. I'm going to wake up That's on time fair. still. All those things are already givens. What's not a given is my fantasy football performance, and I'm currently sitting at 0-6. I need all of the points oh I can goodness. get. Oh, my Yeah. You're 0-6? I'm 0-6, and I just tore up my team this past week. I I orchestrated a three-team trade that saw me lose Cooper Cup, but saw me gain Saquon Barkley because clearly something wasn't working. Uh, And, yeah, I'm 0-6. I'm off to a rough start. Looks like I'm staring down the barrel of 0-7. And the, the big problem, as Schmidt and I talked about preseason, if I lose my league, I need to get a, an L tattooed somewhere on my body. And it looks like I'm guaranteed for a loss. So, I might not win a game this year. So you said that your fantasy football team is unpredictable. I feel like that's been a it's given as well. Yeah. Well, I, Not to I, be that guy, but... I won the league two years ago. I was the league runner-up three years ago. Last year, I missed the playoffs by the skin of my teeth. And mm. this year, 0-6, soon to be 0-7. At least my college fantasy team is doing well. Connor Clark, are your allegiances split this weekend? You grew up a Cats fan going to Northwestern games. You're attending Nebraska uh, for undergraduate work. And uh, are you purple or red tomorrow? Or as a journalist, you don't root. (laughs) No, I'll be red tomorrow. I think every time that these two play each other, it's always going to be the school that I actually go to. Um, holding the uh, the reins over me. So I'll, I'll be red tomorrow. Um, and I think the thing that I'll be most concerned about this weekend is watching the Bears start a Division II quarterback on Sunday. We don't know how that's going to go. Probably not very well. But, hey, we have the two first overall picks, right? So, Elijah, let me suggest uh, if you continue this run of perfection – the other way (laughs) that you just go tramp stamp it brother go lower back not backside but lower back or shoulder blade i'm thinking backside might be the most easy to conceal and it's also probably the best story as well because anyone that were to see the backside you know like until someone says prove it in public and you're in jail (laughs) oh no if it goes on the backside that will be prominently displayed on my twitter page at some point in time so (laughs) so We'll see. Unfollow. We'll see. I'm, still can. I'm hoping I don't lose it, but you look at my, my roster, it's not good. No. It is not good at all. <laughs> it isn't. can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Connor Clark's Twitter. Say it with me at C underscore Clark underscore 27. There's two underscores. And I'm out of, and I'm out of vowels. Guys, uh, let's dive in a little bit and – talk about uh, how tomorrow 2.30 may go, and we're going to spin the wheel of what happens. We're going to spin the wheel. Is it a blowout slash beatdown for Nebraska? I'm not putting that option out there for Northwestern. I just can't bring myself to do it. Is it a comfortable win for Nebraska? Comfortable meaning double digits, i.e. cover or nearly cover. Is it hold on tight? It is Nebraska Northwestern. Something weird and funky is going to happen. Or is it the dreaded what the hell? It's the uh, Real Red Reaction show from hell uh, because Nebraska (laughs) drops one at home to Northwestern. That has happened. I've participated in those. They're not fun. They weren't fun in Ireland. They weren't fun in 2017 (laughs) in overtime. They weren't funny uh, fun in just crazy fashion in 2018 where you're up 10 with three minutes left and Fitz 
does the analytics to a T. They kick a field goal. They get a touchdown. Nebraska loses in overtime. There's been too many of these uh, episodes between Nebraska and Northwestern. I'd love to see Nebraska kind of put it together after a bye week and just hammer away and tee off and have an air quote comfortable win. Uh, I think they may uh, outlast Northwestern, specifically with the Northwestern quarterback situation. But I can't bring myself to Nebraska to bring myself to say Nebraska in blowout fashion. I'm more in between that gray area of comfortable versus hold on tight. I, I don't think Nebraska loses tomorrow. Famous last words, and, and I'm fairly certain they don't blow out Northwestern tomorrow. I don't know that they're capable of blowing out anybody if we're just talking offense rolling and teeing off on an opposing defense in the West. Yeah, You're it, both pondering. You're both like, I hate the question, or man, what do <laughs> I think? Have well, I gone this way yet on Nebraska football 2023? It's just a weird season, but it's a season that I think Nebraska keeps up the progression, this incremental progress. I think by the time it's all said and done, you can be a happy Nebraska fan, but it's a key moment tomorrow. Well, I think the question that you have to ask yourself with Northwestern is which of their games are the outliers? Because with Nebraska, like the outlier is how bad they got beat by Michigan, and Michigan does that to a lot of people, so I think you can set that one to the side. Whenever you look at the other games, maybe Colorado and, and Minnesota are the outliers, but it's the first two games in a new program trying to make a, a big switch, whereas Braun is kind of trying to carry over what Fitzgerald did with that team and like you lost bad to Rutgers in week one. Uh, sure, maybe that's not liar, but you look at that Minnesota game. And Minnesota had that game. They were firmly in control until Northwestern makes the furious comeback of all furious comebacks, 21 points in the fourth, and they go win it in overtime. Is that the outlier, or is the outlier the game against Howard, where Howard makes a furious comeback in the fourth quarter, and you only win by three in a game that you were favored by three touchdowns, I'm pretty sure. And if it's the Howard game, that's the outlier. Outlier. I have some more concerns with this Northwestern program, but if it's the Minnesota game that's the outlier, then I don't have as many concerns because you look elsewhere. Then their two wins are 38 to seven over UTEP, and uh, I mean 23 to 20 over Howard. I mean you don't feel great about what Northwestern is bringing to town if that Minnesota game is the outlier. And that's the question. I think that's the the question that we're going to get answered tomorrow is what is this Northwestern team because. As we kind of talked about with Searles earlier in the week, they've played like a, a team that has their back against the wall, like, an, like a wild animal that's been put into a corner. You know, they might not have the size advantage on you. Let's use a wildcat as an example. If you get a wildcat backed up into a corner, hey. What, no kangaroo? You've I, not been moved <laughs> by the kangaroo Twitter postings this week? No, no. Well, I mean, a little bit, but not really because there's no kangaroos around here. It's not something I have to worry yeah, about in my day to day life. But, like, we see wildcats that make their way across Nebraska. And, like, if you get one of those in a corner in a barn, like, I'm going to be concerned. I have the size. I have the height. <laughs> I have the weight the on a wildcat. I mean, I, I have the, the size, the height, the weight mm-hmm. on a wildcat. You'd think I have all the advantages. But if I get that wildcat backed up into a corner, man, those things are ferocious. You don't want to deal with that problem. That's kind of how Nebraska is. Like, Nebraska, talent-wise, I think they're better than this Northwestern team. I think they have the size. I think they have the weight. But – this Northwestern team is backed into a corner, and what are they going to do when they're backed into a corner? And based on what we've seen so far this season, usually they're going to fight, but I guess we're going to find out tomorrow because I do think Nebraska has the advantage, but this Northwestern team, they always play Nebraska so close. They always play ferociously. They always play like they have their backs backed up against a wall, and they're doing that so far this season. And if they play like that tomorrow, you have some concerns with Nebraska in the offense, with 
Nebraska's tendency to turn the football over uh, with just all the things we know about Husker football, how they play in close games, you start developing some concerns. But I do really think Nebraska, if you're just looking at the talent on the field, is probably 10 points better than this Northwestern football team. The question is, can they not shoot themselves in the foot? Can they continue to make progress on what they did in that Illinois game? Brennan chimes in from the Black Hills. What kind of animal? Like a, a raccoon? <laughs> hey, I still don't want a raccoon backed up against a coin. If it's just me and my fists against a raccoon, like... Don't, don't, oh, don't, feed, don't feed Rocky. I, uh, make sure you're not feeding any of the elk or moose on your way to Yellowstone either. Uh, bison are dangerous, Connor. I mean, I will, I will say this about this game, and I want everybody to answer honestly. Who had 3-3 three and three Nebraska versus 3-3 three and three Northwestern on their bingo card after everything went down Some this summer? Some sick degenerate gambler. And yeah. I'm not judging. I'm just saying you're sick because you're right. It's, it's <laughs> like, honestly, at this point, and I, I get it, we're only halfway through the season, but, like, what David Braun is doing right now with that program, and I get it, they squeak by Howard. Okay, they have to use a furious comeback to beat Minnesota. But the fact that this team is 500 going into the second half of the year, I mean, you can't really deny what this guy is doing. Now, it may not be the most impressive way, but even under Fitzgerald, it wasn't always the most impressive oh, way, the way the they got things done. So it's this is a Northwestern team that is gritty. It will put you in a dogfight no matter who they're playing. Now, they may not win every single time, obviously, but... They're going to make it difficult in some areas of the football game. I agree. I think this Nebraska team is definitely more talented. Um, I would, if I'm spinning the wheel, I would probably take Nebraska to cover. I won't get into my score prediction until we get into the forecast later, but I think this is a game where, unlike the Illinois game, I think Northwestern maybe hangs around a little bit more just because of the way this series has gone. Another question mark is the turnover on both staffs. Does that affect how close this game actually is I, I don't know but I think this is a game that could be kind of like two weekends ago where we saw in Champaign on Friday night maybe Nebraska isn't as in control because then again you had so many trips to the red zone and only capitalized like what one time so if that happens you're gonna let Northwestern hang around so I think Nebraska can cover in this game um, but don't be surprised if Northwestern starts playing you know physical starts playing gritty and kind of makes it really, really ugly. More ugly than we've been used to accustomed to well, seeing well, yeah, here this year. We're used to some ugly. And yeah. Cutter chimes in. His predictions, Nebraska's turned the corner this week, makes a statement 38-7. to And Nebraska gets some big plays with uh, Malachi Coleman. That'd be nice. I mean, those are some possibilities, fellas, that some of these young guys show up and are ready for some prime time. That's like the dream scenario. It is. I just, you know, the point here about Northwestern hanging around because Nebraska lets them hang around, that that should be on this spinning the wheel of death here. Blowout, comfortable win, hold on tight, what the hell. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> when that's the concern the with Northwestern, isn't it? Is my the concern with Northwestern is that, you know what, something goes yeah, right for them around. in the first half. They, 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 they pick up a fumble and they set themselves up on a short field. And despite the fact that Nebraska was up 10 to nothing in the first quarter, now it's 10 to 7. And Northwestern has some good feelings at Memorial Stadium. And they, they feel like they can go win this football game. That's the concern. I think Nebraska, as we kind of talked about this week, 
not only is it a big step in the development if they can control it from wire to wire, but I, I think it's what you have to do with how this Northwestern football team plays because you don't want to let them hang around in games. Minnesota let them hang around in that fourth quarter. What do they do? They go out there and they, they make a furious comeback and win that game in overtime. You don't want to let this Northwestern program hang around, so I think it's going to be really huge that Nebraska does have some level of control over this game from wire to wire. I think you need to get on the board first. I think you need to have a comfortable halftime lead, and then I think you need to be able to trust that run game in the second half and trust, which here's the big one, you trust that Nebraska's running backs don't fumble or turn the football over. And that's where things can get dicey for this team is, is that turnover, that Anthony Grant fumble, that Heinrich Harburg interception. At some point, you're just waiting for it to happen for this Husker football team this season. And this is a game where I, I think if you let Northwestern feel like they're in this football game whenever they really shouldn't be, that's where things get dangerous. Well, Walter nails it. You want to talk about uh, talent advantage and not matching wins. There's your number. Mm. Minus 106 with the turnover margin since 04. That spans a few staffs. We're here at the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. You're invited out. We're in La Vista till 6. Home football Fridays. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Cotter Clark. Jacob Bedilla sets the volleyball scene for us. As Hale Varsity continues live here at Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Friday road show here at the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in Jacob Padilla with Hale Varsity. And Jacob Padilla underscores where you can follow him. Read him with HaleVarsity.com. Jacob, what a... Weekend it's going to be, man. I know you're gearing up for some prep coverage tonight. And uh, then it is the, uh, well, the, the the match of the century. We'll just call it that. And it's Nebraska v. Wisconsin. We'll start there. I know you just posted a preview uh, on Hale Varsity on Herd Ad Sports with uh, Nebraska v. Wisconsin. You've seen this Nebraska volleyball team for a lot of years, Jacob. And kind of give us a thought here on how do you think they'll handle the moment tomorrow night? And they've been in so many big moments. That's why I ask about tomorrow night. Will it be any different for them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the match of the century actually uh, is pretty fitting because um, from what I saw, this is the first matchup of undefeated one versus two since 1998, which was last century. So um, <laughs> I, I think we're good there. But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a great match. I, I, I do th- every every indication we've gotten from this, this team is they have handled everything. Well, um, even when they haven't played their best, they, they found a way to kind of gut through it and get wins when they played their best. They've looked unstoppable. Obviously they, they, they handled everything that came with the, the stadium match, um, all the extras involved with that. Um, they, they went to Stanford, uh, for their first real road test outside of that, that Kansas state trip. And, uh, took care of business there and won that um, pretty impressively. So I definitely, it definitely looks like from everything we've seen so far, this team does have the makeup to go handle something like this. And with the youth on the roster, um, there's not as much of the kind of the series history weighing over the team uh, because six of the players haven't experienced losing to Wisconsin yet. Uh, you've got the five freshmen who were in middle school the last time Nebraska beat Wisconsin. <laughs> Um, and then you've got Merritt Beeson who beat Wisconsin last year with Florida. Um, that's half your team right there. Uh, haven't 
haven't been a part of kind of what Nebraska has run up against with Wisconsin in the past. So it's just kind of coming in. It's that's, that's not really hanging over them. They're not looking at it like that, looking at it like, Hey, this is the next big match that we have to prepare for. It's Jacob Padilla with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska-Wisconsin volleyball tomorrow night. We'll also get into some Nebraska-Northwestern here in just a second. But, Jacob, we were talking yesterday with Voice of the Huskers' John Baylor, and he was saying how, based on what he's seen this year and statistically, Nebraska should be seen as the underdog in this match tomorrow. And one of the things that I think is hard to account for whenever you're looking at the stats is that that home court advantage that you get at Bob Devaney. And with that, do you still think Nebraska is the underdog? It's a tough place to come in and play, or do you think Nebraska is not the underdog in this match? Yeah, I mean, I I, it's, I think it's a toss-up. I mean, you look at kind of statistically, uh, they are about as close as you can possibly get. Um, Nebraska is a little bit better defensively. Wisconsin a little bit better offensively, but they're both really, really good uh, on the other side as well. Um, you look at the difference in their hitting versus opponent hitting, it's almost identical. Um, Nebraska slight edge after that last match in, in differential between hitting and opponent hitting. So in Nebraska, I think is definitely in the Big Ten so far, um, but probably overall has probably faced a, a tougher schedule so far this season. Um, so I, I think you probably make Wisconsin the favorite just out of respect for what they've done. And again, 10 straight, not that, again, not that half this team has been involved with that, but it's still 10 straight. It's been tw- since 2017 that Nebraska has actually beat Wisconsin. So from that standpoint, you're weighing in history and all that, you probably make Wisconsin the favorite. But based on what they've shown this year, um, I, I think it's pretty much a toss-up. The, the one big wild card is health. And we saw Wisconsin, uh, they were without one of their two setters. They've been running a 6-2 this year in MJ Hamill and Devin Robinson, who's gave Nebraska fits for years now for them. They're kind of middle opposite um, kind of hybrid player there. Um, they both missed their last three matches, but they did suit up and go through warmups for their match on Wednesday. They didn't end up playing, but that probably indicates that, yeah, they might be ready to go for Saturday. Lindsey Krause, on the other hand, doesn't look like she will be ready to go. Um, injured her ankle on Tuesday, obviously sat out uh, wow. against... Uh, Northwestern on Wednesday was in a boot and on crutches. So expecting a miraculous turnaround three days later would probably be too much. So you're looking at Allie Batenhorst to have to step up again. Um, I just feel terrible for Krause with what she's gone through this year and with the level that she was playing at over the last uh, last few weeks. That is a big blow for Nebraska. So we'll have to see kind of how, how that impacts this match on Saturday. But in terms of what the two have accomplished at this point, uh, it, it, I think it's take your pick. So Jacob Badilla with us here. And Connor, I don't mean to jump in front of you, but Schmidt dropped a, a big wow in the middle there. Was that in, in reference to what Jacob was saying or was that it something was, that's going on? And, and we, we have <laughs> some uh, some listeners that have made the roadie from Lincoln. Ah, hey. well, there we go. That that that's, uh, that's always worth a wow along with Jacob's incredible analysis. So I, I mean that <laughs> of a thousand course, percent. Right? So that 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 shocked me uh, a little bit. Not the analysis, but the uh, the travel party that, that showed up here. Well, this is kind of a quick add-on to what Elijah had to say too, Jacob. And you kind of wonder the confidence level of just the fans too, because we've seen this team play good competition really well. I mean, you go to Stanford, win in four sets. You go on the road to Michigan State, Michigan, and I'm no volleyball expert, of course, but you go up there and it feels like they weren't playing their best volleyball. 
and then they come home and sweep Penn State. So does that give you a little bit more confidence heading into this match? I know you said it's a toss-up, basically, in your mind, but how does that kind of affect come into this match where, hey, Nebraska's been playing some good opponents very, very well? Yeah, and I mean, I think both the entire two weeks they were on the road, they didn't play, they kind of ran into some issues there with the serving in particular, but even they said they didn't play their best, but still took care of business. They were able to bounce back when they did struggle. And that's probably the best sign is where uh, at Michigan State, they played one of their worst sets of the season, dropped that one, and immediately bounced back and dominated the next set and, and took care of business there. So that's those are the kind of things you're looking at where this team, even when they struggle, they found ways to pull themselves pull themselves out of the rut and get back on track. So I think that's definitely a source for um, confidence for the fan base and for the team going into it, knowing that, hey, even when things don't go perfectly, we found a way to win. We found a way to get back on track. Um, when somebody's struggling, others have stepped up. And um, I, I think just that that's kind of what this team has been this year, where you've got so many different players. I mean, you look at it. The 33 players have been recognized by the Big Ten for their weekly awards so far this year, and 10 of them have been Huskers. And uh, they, they've had at least one winner in all four categories. They've had multiple. I mean, Bergen Riley's won multiple. We've, they've got multiple players of the week. So they've just got a lot of different players that, that can make an impact. So if somebody's struggling, they've been able to pick each other up. Jacob Padilla is with us, HaleVarsity.com, heard at sports at Jacob Padilla underscore. He'll be on the scene and be your uh, source for uh, volleyball coverage tomorrow, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and also plenty of analysis afterwards. Jacob, give me one thing you're looking at for Saturday night. What is the reason Nebraska gets it done at the Bob? It'll, uh, it'll probably come down to serving. And whether or not Nebraska, Nebraska has been the better serve-received team than Wisconsin so far this year. I mean, Nebraska's been the least ace team in the Big Ten. Um, but like, if if Wisconsin's able to stay in system and kind of do what they do with six nine, six seven, with Devin Robinson as athletic as she is, with Sarah Franklin up there, with Temi Thomas Ilara, they've just got way too much firepower if they're able to do what they want. So Nebraska has to. Uh, kind of toe that line between serving tough enough to keep them out of system and put some pressure on them without piling up these service errors that we've seen in, in the last couple of weeks where they haven't had some great serving games and they've been able to get away with it because of the opponent and just how good they are. Uh, you, you can't afford to kill your own momentum where you, you get a great point and then serve right into the net and prevent yourself from going on a run. Um, so Nebraska is going to have to have their best serving uh, uh, match of the season where, yeah, they, they're putting the pressure on them without hitting out, without hitting in the net so that um, uh, Wisconsin's not comfortable and Nebraska has a chance to put together some runs. Jacob, let's talk Nebraska real quick, couple of minutes before we let you go. And your vibe on Saturday 2.30 is what? Do you think Nebraska keeps building or do you think it's a scare fest tomorrow? <laughs> Well, it could probably be a little bit of both. Um, just with the, <laughs> with the state of this offense right now and all the pieces they've lost and don't know quite exactly what they were able to accomplish during the bye week in terms of kind of reconfiguring things and trying to figure out, all right, this person can do this. This is, this is what they need them, us, need them to do for us uh, offensively. Like it's, I just don't know what to expect 
from this team. Um, I think uh, it's a good chance, like the, the bye week coming in here to, to go reconfigure some things and to hopefully continue to get young players um, up to speed to where they can start being more impactful. Um, that's ultimately, I think, what is going to determine the second half of the season with the amount of kind of veterans that they've lost, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Like you're, that's going to continue at some point. Like you're, you're going to have another injury or two. That's just the way football goes. You can't afford to keep losing guys without having others step up. And so the second half of the season, it's got to be what can, um, um, what can those freshman wideouts do stepping up there? Uh, what can Malachi Coleman do now as a starter? What are you going to get at that running back spot? Is Anthony Grant going to kind of get locked back in there? Is Emmett Johnson going to start taking some of those carries and show you some things? Like that's what the second half is going to be. You need to see growth from those young players on offense to enable um, Nebraska to kind of get build some momentum and to stay afloat. Because as we've seen, no matter what you get from the defense, like it's not a, eventually if you put too much on the defense, they're going to wear down. They're going to start breaking down and the opponents are going to take, be able to take advantage of that. So you got to, you got to make progress on offense and Northwestern is certainly an opportunity to do so with, with their struggles this year. Jacob, before we get you out of here, what is your uh, plan for high school football tonight? Where are you at? I am heading down to Seacrest. Uh, first chance to see both uh, Gretna and Lincoln East this year. Uh, pretty spectacular quarterback matchup there with a basketball player versus a baseball player in Alex Wilcoxon uh, and Jeter Worthy there for, for East. And you look at it, Dash Bowman, the running back for East, and Isaiah Weber, the running back for Gretna. I mean, I, I didn't do the math there, but the, the percentage of total yards between those two, like those two duos for their teams, has to be some of the highest in the state. Like those, those guys have been carrying their offenses all season long. So I'm looking forward to seeing them both go head to head. Come see me in the press box, too. All right, I'll say that. That'll be good. Jacob Badilla with us. Find him, Hale Varsity. And uh, Herd Ant Sports at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, thanks for the time today, bud. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. All right. More to come here at the Herd Ant Sports Bar and Grill, Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with your road show Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're here at the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. We are invited up. We're here uh, home football Fridays and come out and see us. If you're making your way out for uh, one last rodeo of regular season high school football, come get some wings, get a beer, get some of that shrimp with the bang bang sauce. It is legendary. Just talking to a couple of our listeners over there in the bar area. And get the bang bang, get the dry rub, get the bang bang. It's uh, pretty good, but it's uh, 12744 Westport Parkway in La Vista. Uh, single barrel tomorrow It's where you can find us from noon to two. Weekend edition uh, flex schedule with the 2.30 kickoff. So no delayed 7.45 start time uh, right on the nose. <laughs> At high noon for us no tomorrow odds. at the uh, the single barrel inside the graduate. Excited to be back out. And then we are at Rosie's on Monday for some Big Ten Rewind and Monday Night Football. Fellas, uh, we'll get to some more of the stream comments here. And uh, you're always welcome to give us your input. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Email Twitter at HVarsityRadio. 
can watch the show that way. And then the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Scott chimes in. We've got a great core of folks that always pile in and give us some good stuff. And Scott uh, saying, look, nothing I can put my finger on, but the football team and the program in general just feels different in a good way. We're going to be talking about not necessarily the same storylines or the same theme, per se, these final six guys, but it is going to feel like just another end-of-the-week test for this football team and this program. Not necessarily about rule or the roster, but more so from a fan base's standpoint as they're – totally get it there's still many that are apprehensive that this thing can turn out okay at the end of the year that's bowling or better just because there's inconsistency here but i think scott's right you you are trying to define or label what it is and and i'll jump in and say what what i think you can say and see is, is that feel that feel is leadership that feel is accountability that feel is someone in charge making sure that things are carried out. I think there's, dare I say, some organization. And be it a Friday, you know, a a Sunday night practice, or, okay, you've seen some guys develop names that were on a recruiting list one year that have come along and have come in and, and performed. You've seen some depth, specifically in that back seven, You've seen it in the front three or four with some of the young players. You're kind of waiting now, as Jacob touched on, for those young guys on offense now to pop because that's the other part of carrying this water. By necessity, due to injury, you're going to need those young guys to step up. And if they can go and be somewhat consistent guys as first-year players, I think that's where you could get a, a bit of a corner turned or at least some consistency on offense to pair with your defense. And I think the the kind of more abstract way this program feels different to me from the outside looking in, and it's still getting there, but I feel like this program right now has thicker skin than it's had over the past couple of seasons, and that's in multiple facets. Whenever, whenever you look at that Illinois game, the second half rolls around, like – you have to have thicker skin, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to see everything going wrong with the offense and to say it doesn't matter what they're doing. We're going to go out there and do our job no matter what happens with the offense. And you saw that from the defense. I mean, You saw it on the first drive of the game. Yeah, and following the Michigan week, you have a, a coaching staff that, that didn't sulk. They had thick skin. They went up there. Matt Rule answered the tough questions following that game saying, yeah, that sucked. We were bad. We deserved to lose. Michigan's a very good football team. Credit to them. But we're going to put our nose back to the grindstone. We're going to work. And that's going to include a Sunday night practice, which you didn't hear any football players complaining about that. Whenever you watch the uh, the post game after Illinois, Matt Rule jokingly says, you guys want to do another Sunday night practice this week? Not seriously <laughs> meaning it. And you hear a couple guys loudly yeah, from sure. the back exclaim, yeah, because you know what? It worked last time. We're going to have thick skin. We're going to be prepared to go do that Sunday night practice because it worked. And then you have guys like Ethan Piper, which hasn't been a great offensive line performance thus far this year. He's still willing to get up there in front of the media, answer the tough questions, talk about blocking out the noise. I mean, you have the, the coaching staff going out and publicly calling out some guys and not expecting those guys to go sulk, expecting you'll get the most out of them. It's just generally it feels like a football program 
that has thicker skin. And that's a concept that's a little bit hard to put your finger on. It's a little hard to quantify the, the skin being thicker, but it feels like this football team has a thicker skin than it did in years past from coaching staff to players to administration all throughout. And it's culture. Mm. I mean, from top to bottom, this program has culture now. Not that maybe it didn't before, but it's a lot stronger because you have the guys buying into a Sunday night practice when – uh, probably you don't want to go out and practice hard on a Sunday night after you just got beat by a million points on Saturday. And you have these tough situations. And I love how Matt Rule always challenges his guys about what they're going to do when adversity strikes. Mm -hmm. It's not about when they're winning. It's about when they're losing. Okay, what are you guys going to do when you're down two scores? How are you going to respond to that? How are you going to keep fighting to that? And you saw that on the first possession of the Illinois game where they stuff them at the goal line. And then the offense gets you out of kind of a little bit of a rut there when you're backed up on your own half-yard line. You get points out of it. I thought that was you know really, really important. And I think Matt Rule has brought a really good culture to this entire team. They seem very together, which is very, very important, obviously, when you talk about the brotherhood. And I think that's a big reason as to why that they've had success. And now after an Illinois win going into a bye week, they probably have a level of confidence that some of the guys who have been there for three, four years haven't really had before. And you don't really know what that can turn into because you've never really been able to see that. So I think culture has been the word for me, at least over the past couple of weeks. I think Matt Rule has brought it to this program, and it is a much-needed change for everybody involved. Think about how it started and how it's flipped a bit. And, yeah, you're, you're more talented than some of the G5 teams you beat, but it wasn't necessarily easy for you, specifically against Louisiana Tech. You got it flipped around. And then you go take the Illinois game, you respond the right way. But some of these older guys are seeing it work. All right, what's Coach telling us? Coach is telling us X, Y, and Z is going to help you on Saturday. Okay, it's helped us on Saturday. Uh, okay, it was a misstep, and it was kind of the same old, same old with self-inflicted issues that helped aid Colorado, there wasn't complimentary football, and then the levy busted on the defense. You saw Minnesota where the game you had dissipated. How did they respond from that? And whatever wounds may have been reopened or still existed from past regimes or at least players transitioning over, uh, Rule got the first aid kit and got him to at least stop freaking out about it and just go go work and you nailed it with the thick skin part of the maturity uh with this football team uh the guys that have been here a while but the, the new guys that have come in uh they've seen it work because of the prep work with just look what what pot roast has done with some of those young pass rushers right okay this is gonna pay off for you on third and eight to get home uh, along with tony white so Pretty good uh, insight there. We'll wind down hour one. Here at the Heard at Sports Bar and Grill Roadshow Friday, it's Hale Varsity Radio. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, winding down hour one here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We'll get to the phones here in a minute. More of your comments 
as well. Reminder to buckle up. Hands on the wheel. Eyes in mind. Straight ahead, the driver has one job. That's to drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Jeff is on the line. Jeff, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Yes, Jim, but that's okay. Jim, that's Jim, Jim, Jim. Come on, Connor. Jim. Sorry. Jimbo. Sorry, guys. Jimbo, the floor that's, is that's yours, all right. bud. All I was going to say was, uh, you know, rules uh, part. He's a great coach, but he's he, he's part minister too, you mm-hmm. know. And it's especially the guys in Nebraska that played football. You know, you saw the guys that really didn't coach, but they were there all the time. And uh, it it's just great to see for me. It those, those guys are going to play their heart out there. Jim, he's he's got the ability to teach clearly. But he's got the ability to get the guys to engage. Well, he, he's got something that not everybody has, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Is that it's part preacher, it's part coach. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, sometimes, especially in the Midwest, that's kind of what it takes. Not bad. Jim, thanks for the listen, man. Appreciate you calling. Like what you I hear there. Thank you, guys. Thank Great you. show. If, right. uh, if you. You know, walk into to Sunday morning service on, uh, on a, a local church on Sunday, and the pastor gets up there and says, "You guys, welcome to the 9 a.m. service. Uh, if we die, we die. Would you find a new church?" No. <laughs> if they lead I off feel like, like that's service, a, a like very different context, like a pre-service speech, like, "Hey guys, if we die, we die today." Like, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about this church. <laughs> well, you know, part of church, depending on where you go, is kind of prepping you for death well that, right? that is true i'm just yeah. talking about like like <laughs> if, if we die we die today like now i'm i'm concerned in the next three just, hour window <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest man i i love my pastor and his family but they all show up in eagles gear so i just don't want to tick them off no. <laughs> what i know about eagles fans is they will get violent <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> but not at church hopefully <laughs> Uh, let's just hope they go before the noon window, okay? Well, uh, Pastor shows up, and he's got his Reggie White. I mean, he's got the throwback Reggie White, that Eagles. The Kelly Green? Kelly Green, thank you. They're wearing really the Kelly beautiful. Green jerseys on Sunday Night Football this week. I, I can't Sunday wait night. to see that Miami-Philly game. Yeah, and it, it's like with the, the, the Eagles throwback jerseys, that's going to be so stunning. Like visually, aesthetically pleasing. I, I love that Kelly Green more than the current Eagles color. Is, is that Eagles. in Philly? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're going to see some some Eagle fan with the smoker, and there's going to be Snowflake the Dolphin just laying on the smoker there. Because, <laughs> you know, Eagle fan's just going to go all out for it. Is They're it a little ticked off from last week. Is it legal to, like, eat dolphin? Oh, clearly not. Uh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> the old endangered part, federal offense. <laughs> Get wildlife uh, game and wildlife on there. Yeah, Eagles seriously. fans don't care about they, breaking they the law. That's also <laughs> there, there's no, no uh, wildlife and game park ranger that's going to roll up and take Snowflake off of their smoker. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, w- maybe maybe it won't happen. That would be good, but you just never know with Philly fan. Uh, we'll get into Hour 2. Bill Dolman coming up, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. We'll get a, uh, a grade check on Connor from uh, Wild Bill. And uh, we'll also hear from Clausburn with the Friday forecast as uh, that is on the way at 540. And the latest on Spygate, the college football edition, all coming up hour two with Hale Varsity here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. 
He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a six ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. It is that time. It's hour two. We're here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor Bill Dolman in his... Well, do I say office? Do I say study? Do I say the wing of Dolman? Central Command. Central Command. I love it. Can we do <laughs> weekly? Um, well, let's just do a member parent teacher conferences. Can we do that live on the radio here? With yeah, I professor? got uh, yeah. I got my professor. file on Connor. Yeah, I want right to. I want here. <laughs> I wanna Why is it the, so big? <laughs> Right, well, you said your mom was coming into town this weekend, so I thought, oh. I better get it all out so we can go over because who knows if she'll come back or and if you leave, I won't have a chance to do it again. So. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so let's just do this. Uh, yeah, let's just do the parent-teacher conference here to kick off hour two. Uh, forget <laughs> volleyball, forget football. I'm kidding, of course. But, uh, well, did you have fun uh, picking on Connor this week? Connor, did you uh, grow some thicker skin? I'm not sure we did. Well, no, no. We had we had a little quiz. No, no. Bill owes me a point on a quiz because he thinks he's slick, and now I'm upset. And that's why my file is so big, because I filed so many complaints against Bill. <laughs> it's like the office where they find <laughs> there's all these complaints on Michael Scott. I like it. it One he, whole point, Connor. Ooh. I mean... I know. Here's, I'm being... I'm being a, no, but it, okay. Can I, can I try and restate the question as, as thoroughly as I can. What'd you get popped for? So we're doing a well, current events me. quiz and you could probably pull it up, yeah. We're doing a current events quiz in class on Wednesday. Something we do every week and it's ten questions and you know, it's pretty straightforward, right? And Bill decides to write a question that says, Matt Rule has named Malachi Coleman a, or freshman receiver Malachi Coleman a starter for this week's game against Northwestern. Where did he go to high school? Nice. Okay. Did so, you get so it? Where, where did he go? So, well, here's my well, question yeah. to, to Chris and Elijah. Who do you think he's talking about when he asks, well, no, where did he go to high school? Let them answer the question. You went to, you went to, to Lincoln East. Well, well the, the question is, are you asking Matt Rule or Malachi Coleman? Yeah, where did see, he go to Elijah, high school? At least Elijah Carter, could see through Carter it. led Elijah into it because Elijah would have flunked it. That too. is true. It was Lincoln East. No, the question is, he's asking, where did Matt Rule go to high school? Well, and he words it like some BS. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> I want my 10 out of 10. The, the, the questions were, the answers were Lincoln Southwest, Lincoln North Star, Lincoln High, and uh, State College Area High School. Well, those are the options, and it's well, yeah, clearly how did you, State College. get it wrong? Lincoln East isn't an option. Yeah. Because I didn't know State College area is a high school. That's why. I didn't know this was multiple choice. Yeah, I thought it was still <laughs> Everybody the in the class got it wrong. Everybody. Not, not only everybody in that class, but everybody in every other class. Yeah. What, what did they put then? If, if Lincoln East isn't an option, what are they I putting? put Lincoln High because I thought he got it mixed up. And that was the only other four-letter word error. after Lincoln. <laughs> That's on you, bud. That's on you. No, it's All not. Right. No, it's let's, not. Let's get into volleyball. Hey, good question, Bill. I love, love that question. Here's the deal. I respect my students enough to critically think through it, that when they don't see Lincoln East on there, that they will think, well, wait a minute here. Maybe he's asking, Maybe about he's asking another question. I respect my students. I, I, I want them to critically think 
all the time. And Connor knows that. And they all know that. And I still don't do it. No. Uh, critically thinking to the 9 out of 10. Once again, I'm running out of ink. I, I love it. Yep. Bill Dolman with us, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, we'll get to football. I want you to take on volleyball, man. You have covered this program for a lot of years. You've done championships uh, with Pettit. You've done coverage of, of, you know, Coach Cook and what his squad is. And, and now it's uh, game of the century, brother. You know, I, I said this on the Average Joe Sports Show the other day, and I've, I've said it for years, that the transition between Terry Pettit and John Cook uh, with the Nebraska coaching staff is one of the most remarkable, I think, underreported, underappreciated things, maybe in the history of coaching in all sports. I cannot think of another instance where somebody built up, was an assistant coach for one legend, and then built up a program that became real. I mean, you can legitimately say that Wisconsin had been built up to where it was a peer and on par with Nebraska's volleyball program. Maybe not the fan base at that time with Wisconsin in the late 1990s, but John Cook, I believe, was 85 or so and 16 in his last three seasons at Wisconsin. 85 and 16, that's the same kind of success that he's had at Nebraska. And his last couple of years, he reached regional finals, just shy of getting to the NCAA semifinals, not the final four. And I, I did, I think, one or both of the matches in which they got beat by Nebraska, preventing them from going into that final round. And then, then Terry Pettit calls him and says, I'd like you to leave everything that you have built, and I'd like you to come back and be my assistant coach for one season, and then you will take over as the head coach at Nebraska. Now, Nebraska has been a premier volleyball program forever. But for John Cook to think about carrying on a legend's legacy, leaving behind the program that he had built into one that was on par with Pettits, to come back and sit for a year and then take over the program and then to try to match what Terry Pettit had done. Obviously, he has done that. But the confidence that Pettit had, the confidence that Cook had, the belief that, that they had in each other, and in the importance of Nebraska volleyball, uh, for John Cook to take that on, I, I just find that a remarkable case study in, in coaching and in following a legend. And, you know, you can say that John Cook's been more successful than Terry Pettit. Yeah, he's won more national titles. But, you know, Terry's the one who laid that foundation. For John to be willing to take it over as an assistant, uh, I just I just am amazed by that. Matthew comes in off the uh, the top rope with the uh, the underscore hate. Uh, hopefully Connor's <laughs> getting an, an A underscore, not a C underscore. I love that. That one took me a second, actually. Like, uh, Does well he played. mean A minus? Critically think. Nice job, is, Matthew. That is well played. It's, <laughs> uh, it's Bill it. Dolman with us I'm going to get bullied out of my Twitter handle one of these days. <laughs> That hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's ever going to happen. You've been bullied every single Friday. You have come in here for your Twitter handle. Uh, but, but it's going to be a great match. No question about critique. it. And, it's, and with the way volleyball has just, you know, come on the scene this year, deservedly so. I've said, I've been in this business 35 years. People ask me what my favorite sport to call is, and I've always said women's volleyball. And that was back when, you know, people kind of laugh it off. And now, that, you know, it's, it's a really, really big deal. Nebraska is the big reason why. 92,000 fans are a reason why. Jordan Larson is a reason why. Rallies that take a minute and 12 seconds, and Nebraska wins those points at home is a reason why. 
uh, th there's just so much that has happened positively with Nebraska volleyball this season. And Wisconsin's been great. They've been steady for years. And, uh, yeah, this is this – is, if there wasn't college football on a Saturday night already scheduled on FS1, I would imagine the Fox people are thinking, you know what, this might be better programming than whatever game we have on Fox that night. And, and Bill, for the uh, the Husker fans out there listening, what do you think the bigger draw is on Saturday? We've had this discussion in roundabout ways here this week, but do you think there's more excitement? It's, it's really a double feature with Nebraska-Northwestern in Nebraska, Wisconsin. I think most people are going to be watching both, but the average Husker fan out there, what do you think there's more, more juice for? Because it's felt like a, a low juice week for Husker football, considering the opponent tomorrow afternoon. Well, I, you know, look, and this is not the JV before the varsity game. No, look, the, the Nebraska football game is still, you know, it, it is still the main event. All right. It is, it is way too important for the state. I mean, the, the, the volleyball team is a wonderful story and everybody embraces it. And, and loves that team and you know damn straight we're a volleyball school and volleyball state for that matter but look football is, is still paying a lot of bills around here and with what matt rule did uh, uh in challenging his team against michigan the way they came out they beat illinois they've got a chance to go four and three for the first time and in, in, and i don't know how long and it's not just going four and three it's going four and three with momentum mm -hmm. you know we've seen four and three records but they were four and two and lost and then just kept losing you know, they can come back and uh, after a week off and hopefully be healthy. It, it, it is, it, you know, it is still the big business. And as much as we love volleyball, those bills, not the volleyball bills. Okay, John Cook, I get it. You're making money. The big bills. You get the tab. We'll get dinner. That's football, right? Now, Bill, we've talked about volleyball and the potential chance of Nebraska beating Wisconsin, and I guess this will be a kind of a double question. Your opinion on A, is this Nebraska's best chance since 2017 to beat Wisconsin in volleyball, and B, is Nebraska going to cover, let's say, against in Northwestern volleyball? on Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Yes, in Where, both. Where's the What's line? the line in volleyball this weekend, you know? Um, yeah, I think this is I think this is a great chance in part because I, I think the chemistry and the, the, something about this team, whether it's the youth and that is so talented, um, they just play with a love of the game that I, um, I, I'm, I we haven't seen that from Nebraska volleyball for quite a, excuse me quite a while. And I think in part because sometimes this program feels the weight of the program on its shoulders. Okay. You know, to, to maintain Nebraska volleyball and to maintain the standard of excellence and to 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 not disappoint that crowd that's been selling them out, you know, since uh, well, the last 20 years or so. This team doesn't feel like doesn't seem like it feels that pressure for whatever reason. Maybe it is the that that youth and the starters and Andy Jackson and Harper Murray and all that. Um, now, they're going to be hampered if Lindsey Krause can't play, because I think over the past two weeks, she's been the best player in the Big Ten. Uh, as I've watched, and she's been dominant since she came back from that unfortunate shoulder injury. If she can't play at all, I think that really hurts. If she plays a little, I think that I think that helps. Allie Batenhorst is a, is a great player to come off the bench. Um, but I just I love the joy that this team plays with, and uh, I think it's really sparked Nebraska volleyball uh, a lot. Now, football covering, why not? Why not? Why not? Left. This would be the the game that turns thing around, and it was the defense that won in Illinois. 
So maybe the offense has some things, you know, put together after the bye week. They're com- more comfortable with the adjustments they've had to make in the wake of all of the injuries. Maybe this is the week that Nebraska has a big breakout game. How about that? So clearly Bill has spun the wheel, and we spun the wheel to start the show. Blowout, beat down, comfortable win, hold on tight. It's Nebraska Northwestern or what the hell. We're both drinking lots of Mad Dog 2020 during the Real Red Reaction show because it's Nebraska at three and four, and they lost are, to Northwestern. Are we, doing, are we doing that show at the happy hour in, in Washington, Kansas, like I did when I was 19? Possibly could. Yeah, right? So you're, uh, you're... Bill, back when you were 19, the drinking age was 18, right? In Kansas. And Fairbury is a suburb of the great state of Kansas. No, 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 no. Kansas. <laughs> Is a suburb of Fairbury. No. The greater Fairbury right. metropolitan area. Get it so, right, all right? When, so, hey, one more like thing about scene, volleyball. It, People it, forget that Nebraska's got to play play at Wisconsin later on this season. So, might be good to get the Badgers now because who knows what's waiting for them when they get – wow, there'd be 17,000 people waiting for them in Madison. But what, Was it anyway. like that scene in Footloose when you'd cross the Kansas border? <laughs> Let's just say going to Kansas was uh, a well-worn road. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. What do you think, I had think a buddy Elijah? that had a van like the Mystery Machine that Scooby-Doo drove around in, and we'd pile people in there and grab a soda pop. Who, who, was, who was driving the Mystery Machine in Fairbury? What was your buddy's name? Uh, Royce. Royce. Royce had, yep, yep, Royce. Did he have, did he have uh, whiskers like Shaggy or a <laughs> scarf like Fred? <laughs> No, but he solved the mysteries of how to get down there and get back safely. Let's just <laughs> wow. Bill wants to move on. I like it. Bill Dolman tells all. On I Friday. like it. The, the Bill Dolman experience. Pride uh, of Fairbury. Uh, let's talk real quick about the uh, the Harbaugh stuff. We got about ninety seconds, and we need a we need a score prediction as well. But more is coming out here that. The, uh, the the intern we're going to get into this next segment has been suspended with pay. He's a, the intern is a is like a former what like Navy SEAL or something, right? I don't know that he's a Navy SEAL, but he retired from he's the. He's a, reti- uh, he's the a Navy. retired military captain. Yes, you know, he, they hired a spy. Literally, he was good at it. I love to see. Look, I love to see Jim Harbaugh doing something for our veterans. Okay. Getting him a job, employing them, doing whatever he needed to do. I've said it. I said on average, Joe, this is gamesmanship, okay? And if this is what the NCA wants to concern itself with, after Charlie Baker, the president of the NCA, the former governor of Massachusetts, goes to Capitol Hill to talk about paying college athletes and NIL and all this stuff. But the big news this week is Michigan is spying on other teams. Barry Odom's UNLV Rebels. Eastern Michigan, maybe Nebraska, you know, unless they're flying drones on the sidelines, okay, and they're tapping into the Jim Crane school of spying and championship winning, it's everybody has been doing it, okay? If you're going to hire an intern, hire one that helped whack parts of Hezbollah and could also <laughs> dis, de, decipher third and two. Well, that's right? a, hire that, a veteran. Well, it's a tale as old as time, isn't it? Tale as old as time, a multi-million dollar organization throws the minimum wage intern under the bus. 
You don't think there's people on that sideline anyway that are already watching the opponent, trying to figure out what they're doing? Mm. Everybody is spying, you know. All they have that big bed sheet that they try to, you know. Look, everybody's watching the game from somewhere. Unless you got drones doing it, come on. Give me a score prediction, real quick. Fifteen seconds. And Kansas gets off. Okay, Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska is going to beat Northwestern. What is it? 41 over and 10 the spread. 41 to 10. Pride of Fairbury. Come see him at the single barrel tomorrow for the weekend edition. Bill, Free thanks Harbaugh. For the, thanks for the time, brother. See you guys. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Can always watch the show, Hale Varsity Radio, on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Can find us on Twitter as well. Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter, rewatch there or download the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, catch Elijah tonight with some high school football locally. And, of course, uh, we'll all be locked in tomorrow. Pre-game and weekend edition, noon to 2 at the Single Barrel in Lincoln. We're here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Always uh, here on Fridays, 4 to 6. 489-1240 number to get in. So, Brent, make it Brent. Excuse me, Brent. Brent chimes in on this Harbaugh uh, Spygate situation. And Brent is applying it socially. I love it. If I don't see a, a Michigan football spy costume next week in Georgia or any of the other top program student section, it'll be an opportunity missed and uh, Brent went on to, to outline the uniform. Binoculars, khakis, horn-rimmed glasses. What am I missing? You've got to have a Michigan hat, gloves. I think I just a, found my Halloween costume. And a whistle. You've got to have a whistle around your neck, don't you? And cleats. <laughs> the khakis <laughs> with cleats can be dangerous. But he, but he wears them. I mean, he true. has the, the khakis and, and cleats look. This has kind of taken on a life of its own, so I don't know how reputable the Twitter handle is. Well, look at the no. Twitter handle, and, and you tell me. Well, right. <laughs> it's, it's Captain Sparty. <laughs> at Captain Sparty is tweeting out, and we, we should have done a little more legwork to get our friend Greg Henson, Michigan Insider, on. We'll maybe have to do that here uh, later on. See you, fellas. Thanks for coming by. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. We're still here. <laughs> no, I'm not hiding by the dartboard. That's dangerous. <laughs> I know. It's it's walled off. Yeah. <laughs> this is an electric radio right here. <laughs> Luther and Scott. We're all sorry. just eavesdropping. Sorry. I'll turn it around. I'll turn it around. But uh, Captain Sparty weighed in breaking Connor Stallions, the man at the center of the NCAA investigation. He wore disguises, snuck into opponents' facilities, watched their practices. Sources tell me this is worse than he initially thought, and he does not think Jim survives this. Michigan is in trouble. Hmm. Don't yeah, think so. I, that's a fun story, but the fact that it comes from Captain Sparty, who I can only <laughs> assume to be a Michigan State fan, kind of... Did you hear Cowherd today? Michigan State wanted to forfeit the game or or get out of the game today for tomorrow, I should say, because they were worried about their players' health and safety. No, that's it's because the, they know they're going to lose. That's <laughs> the angle they tried to play. 
Oh, and, and Michigan State's a nightmare, flat-out nightmare. Yeah. And the, the, that's just so, so bad. The question to me is, realistically, do we think that the NCAA can or will force Michigan to forfeit any games? No, no. absolutely it, not. It makes, there's, not enough, there's not enough evidence here. Well, There's not enough evidence, A, in B, monetarily, which it all comes back to the dollars and cents. That makes no sense for the NCAA to go take away wins from Michigan, which would therefore probably make them ineligible for the college football playoff. you got to have Michigan in the college football playoff, assuming they run the table. Therefore, they're not going to take away any wins from Michigan. They're not going to take away a loss from yeah. Nebraska or from UNLV or for anyone for that matter because you got to have who right now appears to be the best, if not the second best team in the country. you got to have them in the college football playoff. you got to give them an opportunity because it all comes down to dollars and cents. And if Michigan isn't allowed to play in the college football playoff, they're going to be losing dollars and cents because everyone around the country will say, well, this one, you got to have an asterisk by this college football playoff because they don't have to go through the best team in the country in Michigan. Well, and, and the other part of this, too, you have the NCAA that controls the NCAA tournament for basketball, men's and women's. They control the College World Series. They control... Uh, what's going on with the Frozen Four. They control a lot of things. They don't control the college football playoff. So it gets into higher dollars when it comes to ABC and ESPN and the college football playoff. Fellas, I want to see Washington, Michigan this year. I want to see Mm -hmm. Michigan, Georgia this year. I want to see maybe a rematch of Penn State, Michigan, whoever the, the four end up being. Michigan's a part of it. I mean, they have uh, some hurdles to clear with Ohio State and Michigan, sure, but they, they've been right on that doorstep, and Georgia looks mortal. Washington looks a lot of fun. Michigan looks for real, and that's just kind of where we're at with things. Uh, but a little bit more here on Mr. or Sergeant Stallion. Uh, his LinkedIn. That name was, just sounds so fake, Sergeant well, Stallion. It, I'm kind of jealous of that it's, last it's, name. It's great. He was at Navy. And his LinkedIn said, uh, I'm uh, a analyst. I'm a person that is able to identify opponents' most likely course of action. Hmm. <laughs> Student assistant, 2013-2016, at Navy was hired. Uh, you have some sources telling folks that are probably anti-Michigan that this is worse than the Astros, worse than the Patriots. What this says to Whoa. me... Well, hold on. No, I, exactly. Worse hold, than the Astros? There's nothing worse than the Astros, right? This, this to me, is going to be used by Michigan as... The rallying cry. If they ever got bored at some point this season because they're putting people out like cigarettes, it's going to be, look at the NCAAs trying to do to us. Look at folks shooting arrows at us. They'll rally together. To, I don't think they'd lose focus anyway because a lot of them are hungry to get beyond that opening round. A lot of them are still ticked off at what happened against TCU. Uh, they've clearly overcome Ohio State and those shortcomings. They're trying to do a third in a row and maybe send Day off to the NFL. But Michigan will will use this the right way, assuming uh, they don't put their feet up against the rival. And Michigan State has had Jim Harbaugh's number early in his tenure there. He doesn't forget, man. He doesn't forget, and it's going to get flat-out bloody tomorrow 
in East Lansing. Uh, Scott, you may be it, but I'm going to post it anyway. Scott says, I want a Michigan versus Nebraska rematch in Indy. No. I'm not sure I do. (laughs) I don't. Uh, Nebraska can finish second in the West. Iowa, you have fun with that. (laughs) Beat Iowa, but they still have a better divisional record. You go get housed again in Indy, Iowa. Be our guest. Well, um, this this entire just fiasco and situation reminds me. You guys remember Broncos linebacker DJ Williams? This was probably... A little bit. A little over 10 years ago now, he was a linebacker for the Broncos, and he went on the I Am Athlete podcast probably two years ago now to talk about that. Remember that, that Josh McDaniel start in Denver where he starts out 6-0 and and he's fist bump in front, of, in front of the crowd because he beats Bill Belichick and the Patriots? Well, the Broncos end up finishing that year something terrible like 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, you start 6-0, and oh, and then you're absolutely yeah. terrible to finish the year. And it, it comes out after the fact that Josh McDaniels was fired $50,000 and a Broncos staffer was fired for filming practices. And DJ Williams was like, yeah, those first six weeks, it just felt like we were so insanely well prepped. Like, we had a team meeting every single Saturday, like, laying out the keys to victory, guys. If you can execute this, this, and this, we're going to win the football game. He was always right. And he's like, it's so crazy. After week six, we play a game in London against the 49ers, that guy gets fired, that film guy gets fired, and our game prep wasn't as good anymore, and it comes out after the fact that he was filming opponent practices, and, like, DJ Williams had this this epiphany after the season. Oh, we were cheating. <laughs> Wait, what? I'll be, so I'll be curious to see how Michigan looks over the next couple of weeks to see, like, man, they start playing some closer games. I wonder if it starts setting into the Michigan players, or maybe they're just that good that it's not going to matter. But, like, it matter. sets in, like, Man, it doesn't feel like we're always running the exact right defensive play call over what the offense is going to be running here. Maybe we were cheating. <laughs> do we have the uh, the Feinbaum take? We do. All right, let's let's hear from Paul Feinbaum, who's been in line with many from SEC country to go uh, James Gandolfini on Jim Harbaugh from time to time, but. He's actually coming to the defense here of Harbaugh and piling on the NCAA. On surface, it is a bad look for Jim Harbaugh, but but Greeny, in in understanding the NCAA and its enforcement division right now, it's hard for me to imagine that they'll be able to make a solid case. Uh, It does look bad. There have been allegations out there in the past, but it it does seem like it it would be a close call by the NCAA, and and I, I sense that there's some piling on here to Jim Harbaugh. He, he he turned his nose to them a couple of months ago, as you, as you remember, during this investigation. And it seems to me like selective prosecution. That doesn't mean that some of this didn't happen. I frankly think this happens almost everywhere, not not to the degree that the story is laid out here, but but it's, it's some very gray area. And I think if this had been someone else, this investigation probably would not have gotten to this point. This is pretty interesting, too, with the Big Ten reporting it. They didn't want to appear to be protecting one of their own. And then there's some thought that the NCAA then had to act after the Big Ten acknowledged this. There's that theory floating out there. Now, I'll say this. If you're in person and you can hear and see what's going on, that helps a ton. It's one thing to to scour all the TV copies you can of sideline shots. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's quite another to be able to match audio and visual together. Uh, If, if there's a, uh, a play or an audible or a a formation, 
mean, you have these college football programs with giant staffs. Nebraska's in that ballpark now. Texas is there. Uh, you have uh, Ohio State. I mean, you have some of the who's who. I'm sick of not cheating. We need corrupt millionaires buying us a championship team. That is from Dion. Let's, let's, let's clarify yeah. for the radio listeners. That is not Schmitty saying that. That is Dion <laughs> chiming in in the stream. <laughs> Dion chimes in. Dion, God love you. Go that's, watch that's Georgia. Our, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just ask Kentucky. Uh, but if, if, if you are sending people in person, I mean, that's, that's what's funny. I mean, Coach McBride would laugh about it where – I mean, Oklahoma and Texas for years had a war of words with one another before the Red River rivalry game because they would plant spies to watch. And back in the day, practices were open. Now you've just got Why a the certain... the dorm windows are fogged. Uh-huh. You just have a certain level of paranoia, which I get. But Harbaugh, listen, I wouldn't put it past him. They're just too good for it to matter is my, my final conclusion with this. Mm-hmm. I know every every little bit helps, but uh, we'll see if they take it out on Sparty tomorrow. What happens with the forecast tomorrow? Does Nebraska win? Does Nebraska cover? Clodsburn in the Friday forecast on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday here at Herd at Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. Kevin emails in chris at halevarsity.com. Kevin asks a question, did TCU have any film last year? Or did Michigan not have any film last year on TCU? Well, they, they, they were just busy scouting Ohio State. Who was expecting TCU to go in that football? I, or not exactly. Ohio State, excuse me. Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, yeah. Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. But it was pretty funny. I mean, you go minus five in turnovers and three red zone turnovers. Doesn't matter how much film you got. <laughs> I guess. But 19 uh, TFLs with that 3-3-5. Let's get into the forecast. Big thanks to Arizona Husker. He sent a tip, nine ninety nine. The artist formerly known as Taking Covers. He's asking Talking if, covers, talking covers. God, I can't read. No, I can't, you can't read. Talking covers. I'm sorry. Anywho, the Ainsworth, yeah. I got this from Johnny Clare back in 2004. It's a good-looking polo, baby. Elijah's like, damn, that shirt's 20 years old. Oh, well, uh, pretty well, nice. What is an Ashworth sweater? It's 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 golf. It's a golf brand. Uh, see, I'm, I see. I don't have expensive taste, I guess. I can't read. Well, it came with the golf clubs. I sent those to the lake. Okay, let's get into the <laughs> uh, the forecast. Is Claus with us? Clausburn, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay, Christopher. I hope uh, you enjoyed the bye week and that this was the year you finally learned that that doesn't mean you have to try to get numbers from fellas, too. So, <laughs> No, Claus, I've learned my lesson, but, but thanks for the reminder. Let's, uh, let's get into the forecast and uh, get things started off. Is that off. an inside joke I don't get? Uh, it was just something that Clausburn likes to throw at me. Okay. <laughs> that, that, yeah. <laughs> Penn State is at Ohio State. Buckeyes minus four and a half. The wrong team is favored, supposedly. Uh, I just like Penn State's defense. I like Penn State to win this, kind of exercise the demon, and uh, get a win in Columbus. And uh, they'll do so 27-21. Penn State stays unbeaten. Elijah, 
I like Penn State outright, but I'm going to be safe in my prediction here. I'll take Ohio State. I don't think they cover. I think we're solidly under that line of 45 and a half. Give me Ohio State 20 and Penn State 17 in a defensive battle Mm. in Columbus. Tell me, Connor, what are you thinking? I, I like Penn State as well. I think they end up winning on the road here, finally getting over that hump against Ohio State. I think they win by a field goal. I'm going to go Penn State 27 and Ohio State 24. Claus, what are you feeling here, Penn State or Ohio State? Well, it seems like this year, Ryan Day, something's gotten into him. Every time someone says anything remotely negative about Ohio State, he starts acting like an angsty teenage boy, which would really make him nervous with Penn State coming into town. I think perhaps he should probably learn just to tune out the noise and look the other way. Perhaps they can teach him how to do that when they're beating Ohio State by the score of 31 and Ohio State 28. <laughs> that was said by Clausburn. Clausburn. That was said by Clausburn. Back to back. Wow. Uh, Penn State, the winner here. Uh, Tennessee is at Alabama. Roll Tide has a long memory uh, with Big Al, that elephant, the mascot. I think um, I think Bama is coming along here. Offense is getting better. Tennessee's just not the same. And uh, give me Bama. Uh, 28, give me Tennessee, 17, the winning cover by roll tied. Connor, uh, what do you think? I'm going to go Alabama wins, but Tennessee does cover. I'm going to go Alabama 27 and Tennessee 20. All right. Elijah, what happens here, Bama or Tennessee? I think this is a revenge spot for Bama after what happened last year to Tennessee. I don't think that Bama is as good as they have been. I think they're good enough to get a win. I think they're good enough to get a cover. Give me Bama, 27, Tennessee, 17. Claus, what happens here? Roll Tide or Rocky Top? Well, I suppose this will be the second one in a row. I'm lone wolf on. Of course, last year's game was so exciting at the end and felt so good. I had to have Nance fire up the washer to make sure I had a change of pants. (laughs) You mentioned the Alabama mascot, Big Al. Well, Tennessee's mascot is Smokey, a nice, beautiful blue tick coonhound. And I hope Nick Saban has plenty of doggy bags because I think Smokey's going to drop a deuce on him 28 and Alabama 26. (laughs) Wow. Claude says Rocky Top. And I like old Smokey. Uh, good, Good mascot. We head to Iowa. Hawkeyes, Gophers, and three and a half. The line, that's not the over-under. It's uh, the, the, the line here, Iowa, Minnesota. I think uh, Iowa keeps on keeping on 17-13. The win and cover by Iowa, Elijah. It's a hell of a lot of points in this game. Totals, <laughs> totals currently set at 31. It may finish as the lowest total ever in the modern era of college football. If it drops to that 30-and-a-half number, we will see where it closes at. But I don't think there's many points. I do think Iowa wins. Give me an ugly defensive battle. 13-3, to Iowa gets the victory. All right. Big cover by Iowa. Connor. Uh, Elijah and I are very close. I think this will also be a very low-scoring and ugly football game. I think Iowa will win and cover. Give me the Hawkeyes 13 and the Gophers 7. 13-7. Claus, what happens here, Iowa or Minnesota? Well, first of all, I'm taking the under, and I hope you boys like Mexico. Because we're going to take all of that money. 
But second of all, Brian Ferentz has not really shown anything. I mean, goodness gracious, George W. Bush and King Charles are both saying, listen, just because your dad's the head guy in charge doesn't mean that you're worth anything. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, man. So I'll stick with my score from last week, on which I thought for a long time I was going to be close. But I'll take Iowa begrudgingly to win this one seven. And Minnesota will row their boat back with three points. All right. Crew chimes in on the stream, says 54-32 Iowa. Good luck with that one, crew. Maybe <sighs> in women's basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Harbaugh and company, 24 and a half. Uh, they drop a hammer, 48-7, the win and cover for Michigan, Elijah. Yeah, uh, they're not going to be cheating, and it's still not going to matter for Michigan. Who knows? Maybe they they already got their scouting done for Michigan State, but big win for the Wolverines over Michigan State. That Michigan State team is reeling. Simply put, 42-7, to Michigan gets it done. All right. Connor? Yeah, I think Michigan covers this without cheating anyway. Um, (laughs) I think they beat Michigan State. Unfortunately, um, I'm going to go 42-10, to but Michigan State has won 10 of the last 15 meetings, which I think is absolutely fascinating but that will not go Sparty's way. Claus, what happens here? Captain Khakis or Sparty? Well, I wasn't really too concerned with the allegations that came up against Michigan. Now, if I find out that Harbaugh went to Walmart to get some khakis and came back with some industrial-sized trash cans or some buzzers to put in the players' jerseys or a magic leprechaun to put at second base, that will be a little bit concerned. We've seen how that works out, but I think Michigan would win this one, whether they had Michigan State's signs or not. Wolverines 45 and Michigan State 17. All right. We will. Claus, you got a couple minutes. Can we do Nebraska on the other side? I suppose. There he is. Claus Byrne, he's imaginary. He wears red, and Friday forecast rolls on as we'll bring to close another road show Friday here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. It's Hale Varsity and can watch the show on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity Road Show Friday here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill back here next Friday for Purdue, Nebraska. What happened to Elijah? I don't know. My my computer spazzed for a second. He's I, gone. I'm we, coming we, back. We hear him. I'm back. We hear him, and if you're watching on the YouTube channel, we can now see him. Let's get back to the forecast as uh, we have uh, a final prediction here. Nebraska-Northwestern will set the line here at 11.5. Nebraska is favored. I'll jump into the deep end of the pool first. And uh, we asked the question here. We spun the wheel early. Was it going to be a beatdown by Nebraska? Is it going to be one of those games that's comfortable? Well, I don't think so because it's Nebraska-Northwestern. What the hell? Upset. Nebraska loses to Northwestern on Saturday to celebrate 100 years at Memorial Stadium. I don't think that can happen or it shouldn't happen. So I picked hold on tight. Nebraska wins, does not cover and uh, not yet, but sometime soon, you'll see those young guys on offense perform at a high level. I think they'll get their feet wet tomorrow and have some inconsistency, but some signs of wow. 
Nebraska 20, Northwestern 13. Elijah. Well, we both have Nebraska scoring 20 points. I do have Nebraska covering in this game. I think the uh, the Husker defense comes to play. My concern is bad juju with the alternate uniforms, but I think Nebraska is able to overcome that. Not the prettiest day offensively. I think they manage the turnovers. I don't think Northwestern gets much of anything going on offense. It's a 20-3 victory for the Huskers. I think it's a huge defensive performance. Connor, what say you? I think Northwestern hangs around in the first half and makes it a game, but I think Nebraska takes control in the second half, kind of what we saw against Illinois. And if they don't turn the ball over as much, I I like their chances here tomorrow. I'm going to go Nebraska 23 and Northwestern 10. Klaus, you're an angel for giving us uh, some overtime here. And we love hearing what you got to say with Nebraska football when it comes to the Friday forecast. What happens here against the Wildcats? Well, first of all, I don't want Elijah to feel like he's alone having tech difficulties. I was trying to listen back, and somehow or another my volume got turned down, which I'm sure is probably a regular occurrence during this program. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. I know. Wow. But as you look at it, you know, Northwestern's not a team that should probably strike fear in the hearts of anybody. Probably given what we know about the culture, we should be more scared of anything that's in their janitor's closet rather than is in the locker room. (laughs) But as you said, Christopher, they seem to have our number. And so I think this game plays relatively close. I'm going to pick a score that's not close, but I think it's late stuff that happens. Nebraska 31 and Northwestern 17. All right. Claus says the win and the cover and a little bit of a scoring explosion. Claus, enjoy your weekend. Behave yourself, all right? Okay. There he goes, Clausburn. Imaginary. He wears red. Part of the Friday forecast. Whew. Some of the uh, predictions are coming in. David says 27-10 Nebraska. Dion 31-10 Big Red. Crew. God, Crew, you have to pick that score, don't you? It's what the the score should have been at the end of the 94 Orange Bowl. It was not, but 16-15. Crew says Nebraska. It's been some weird scores. Nebraska 42-7 says Scott. All right, everyone enjoy themselves. We'll see you at the Single Barrel tomorrow at noon. Elijah, have a great call. Connor, thanks. Talk to you tomorrow. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. On Thursday's show, we'll have staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman. We'll talk the odds with our Vegas insider, Brian Edwards. Catch it up with senior writer for Huskers 24-7, Michael Bruns, and Nebraska women's basketball head coach, Amy Williams. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning.